Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. Asia Town Voice is an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides an inside look at the Asian Pacific Islander Americans community. Culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. My name is Yin Tang, and I am here tonight with Johnny Wu. Hello, everybody. And Sujata Burgess is our special guest today. <laughs> Hi. So, how are you? How did you enjoy the drive in here? Yeah, it's still nice. So I guess the storm hasn't come in yet. So, yeah. yeah, and um, the, you know, to our listeners, this is pre-recorded. It's uh, actually Thursday, des- uh, December fifth, right now. So uh, we we were kind of wary about the winter storm coming in. Um, is your family ready? Is your house ready? Snow tires, the whole shebang. Well, our furnace had been broken, and that just got fixed last weekend, so Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Then our water heater broke. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> just the day after, so um, yeah, little by little. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if I ask what kind of house you live in? What kind? Yeah. I mean, it has a water heater. I'm assuming it's a little bit one of those like classic houses, older ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I like got, those. Yeah. Wood floors and everything. It's got wood floors. Yeah, we live in Geauga County. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the house is a lot of character. But yeah, you know, you got to keep up with those house repairs. Um, well, Sujata is uh, with a couple of nonprofit organizations in and around Cleveland. And uh, we were also looking on your Facebook. So <laughs> we did see that you are with the health education department at Cleveland State University. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, I was. Yeah. You were? Yeah, okay. I took classes there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask what you do now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been managing the uh, Community Health Promotions Program at Asian Services in Action. Mm-hmm. And um, if uh, anybody that's listening isn't familiar with it, it's it's a big social service agency that caters to immigrants, refuge- refugees, and specifically Asians and Pacific Islanders in Northeast Ohio. And you guys um, in November just had a gala as well uh, to do like a fundraiser and a benefit for all the programs that you have, correct? Right. And how did that go? I unfortunately couldn't make it. Yeah, it was really nice. We had it at the Ariel International Center this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it turned out really nice. I think we had a good turnout. We don't know. Um, the data is being put together, so we don't quite <laughs> know exactly how we did as far as the fundraising goes. But I think everybody had a good time. Well, that's wonderful. Um, and you just mentioned uh, Asian Services in Action. And uh, you're associated with the new clinic that's going to be uh, at Asian Town Center, am I correct? That's right. And um, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I know it's still under construction and still in the works. but Oh, it's been in the works for the last year. <laughs> but um, no, it's kind of, it's very exciting because we've been working hard on it. Uh, it's the International Community Health Center. Mm-hmm. and It is administered under Asian Services in Action. And um, the plan started, um, I guess, uh, two, three years ago. And we've been kind of slowly chipping at it and chipping at it and just just working very slowly. And um, we had applied for the um, for the Federal Qualified Health Center grant about a year ago, but we didn't think we were going to get it because mm-hmm. there was a lot of competition for it. And many clinics that are already in um, – they're already functioning had applied for it. So we knew co- the competition was going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had – we have a community health promotions program, but we didn't have a clinic so far. Um, and everything is was very very grassroots, um, but then we found out a couple of weeks ago that we got the grant. So wow. <laughs> yeah. congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. So so what's the next phase? Because I mean, oh my goodness, yeah. 
<laughs> so we have, um, we're given like a probation period to mm -hmm. get done a lot of things that we said we were going to do. So now we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the fun part. Um, but it's exciting, but it's, of course, we're putting a lot of effort into it. Um, and so, um, yeah, so we're renting a space at the um, Asia Town Center mm -hmm. on the second floor there. And we've been kind of doing a couple of trial runs there mm -hmm. um, and just to see, make sure that, you know, our electronic health record system that I just put in, that everybody's trained and the workflow is going. Um, and then we're hoping for a grand opening um, January or February 2014. Oh, nice. That's yeah. soon. Yeah, but we'll open like very part-time. Mm -hmm. And then we'll slowly ramp it up in in the six months because we we have to hire a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what kind of services would be at this clinic? Um, primary healthcare services. Okay. Yeah, general physicals and um, eventually vaccinations. And we we have partnerships that have been made with the area hospitals to refer people for specialty care also. And right now, actually, the space is done right now. The space that we rented in the last year mm -hmm. uh, that's been being worked on for the whole last year, actually. <laughs> I mean, piece by piece, tile by tile, you know, wall by wall, painting everything, um, electrical wiring, everything literally from scratch. And um, so it was a two-exam room um, um, space, but now that uh, we, we have to immediately expand. So we already have the space next door, and we'll eventually will be four more exam rooms added in the coming few months mm -hmm. um, to make it a six-exam room clinic. So, okay, but yeah. you don't have anything like x-rays or anything? Uh, probably eventually we will, but right now, no. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah. those machines are really small. My chiropractor had one, and it wasn't that yeah. big at all. I was surprised. Yeah. And we're still a small space. I mean, you know, we're not a big clinic mm -hmm. right now. But, um, yeah, at the moment we don't. But, um, yeah, we probably will, you know, have some of those bigger machines. And yeah. that's good. And it's and you'll probably have uh, people who speak different various uh, Asian languages as well. Yeah, and that's the, that's like the uh, the main point of having because there are as you know we live in Northeast Ohio. There's many hospitals, there's big hospitals, renowned hospitals. There's other clinics. Um, so why is it that people have asked us why did we start this clinic? And the reason is um, because we wanted to offer. Um, culturally competent and linguistically specific services, mm -hmm. not just for Asians, but for uh, other immigrants and refugees also. Um, yeah, so that was like the, the main, the, our main objective. And I've been doing community health promotions for Asia, Inc. for the last, I guess it's been four years. Um, and one thing that within the first year that was just made very obvious to me, like some people have a revelation, spiritual or whatever, but for mm -hmm. me it was that the access to healthcare. Because even with so many big hospitals and clinics around, there were people that would come in, they would see a flyer for a, like a, I don't know, like a free health fair or something like that, you know, mammograms or whatever. And then they'd say, oh, can we come in? We said, like, sure. Then it turns out that when we did our pre-screening that they had all these other issues and people were walking around that were bleeding for months in oh, pain for months gosh. that would be walking in. And I would say to them, you know what, you might not want to wait till our health fair. You know, you should go to the emergency room, get yourself checked. And they would just say they don't know how to. Many oh. of these people, we, we spoke with an interpreter, um, but they just didn't know how to access. Mm -hmm. So Wow. And um, how? what about the people who don't have insurance? Like a, a lot of the people who don't speak English very well. I mean, I had a conversation yeah. with a lady earlier today. I didn't know how to say your adrenals in Chinese. Right. I had Google Translate. It helped me. So <laughs> Thank <laughs> my God adrenal glands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but what about the people who don't have health insurance? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of locals who might, you know, just walk to Asian Town Center. 
Right. Um, so we're going to be a sliding fee scale um, clinic. Mm-hmm. And once we have our billing in place, so, so we're applying so we can bill for Medicare and Medicaid and, and private insurances also, some of the private insurances. Um, but it's also, um, so we have a sliding fee schedule made up, but it's a do not turn anybody away policy. Um, so we might request a minimum amount if they can pay, and we'll be looking at the income and so on, and under a certain percentage, um, yeah, they would have to pay maybe, they would minimum like $15 or something like that, but if they cannot, then we're not going to turn anybody away. So um, are you going to, I guess my, the toughest question is, is uh, there's various different Asian uh, cultures in right. Asia, and they all mm-hmm. speak a different dialect or a different language. Will you at least have somebody on staff or easily accessible maybe via phone that can translate yeah. uh, for somebody who doesn't speak English very well? Right. Um, so we, like like with Asia, we try to have, uh, we hire from the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like you said, Asians are such a diverse community. Um, so um, we will continue that tradition with the clinic also. So, I mean, right now I already have some part-time staff for front desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can have um, some of the main languages we use are, of course, um, Cantonese, Mandarin, um, Nepali, mm-hmm. um, Burmese, Karen. Those mm-hmm. are the main languages. So um, we'll continue to have staff that speak those languages. And then the strategy is to try to do as much pre-registration as possible because then we can try to ensure having a live interpreter there for them. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not always going to be possible, so then we will, um, as backup, we'll use tele- telephone interpretation. So and speaking about languages, I noticed in your Facebook page you said that you speak Germany. German? Oh, I took German and I <laughs> took German in school um, when I was in junior high. <laughs> I don't speak it fluently. And what about Spanglish? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Spanish English because I love languages. I grew up speaking three Indian languages when I was a kid in India because wow. uh, my family was from different parts of India wow. and we spoke our own language at home. My mom loved languages, so I con- it was easy for me to learn languages. I don't retain it, but I mean, when I'm learning it, it, it's it doesn't it's not too difficult. So I took Spanish also. It was fun. That's but, good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you know the listener about who you are and stuff. You know, so that people can know get get to know you a little bit. Better. Yeah, like oh. your heritage, you know, a little bit about India, a little bit about your family. Okay. I, I know it's totally weird. Johnny's <laughs> back there. She kind of was like, what? When you started talking. So. <laughs> I was like, where is that beautiful voice coming from? Not beautiful voice. <clears throat> I think my voice today is a little stuck, stuck up together. So, also, I don't know. So, anyway, it's about you. Yeah. So, um, well, I came here as a child um, to the United States um, from India. And, um, I don't know what was there to say about me. Yeah, so I obviously I had the immigrant experience. Um, my family from in India it was from usually you know especially in those times they married within their own communities. But my dad and my mom they they once from the north and once from the south and they got married. So that was kind of unusual for that time. Uh, and we traveled a lot within India. So um, you know we grew up speaking three different Bengal, uh, Bengali, Hindi, Marathi. And then I took English, some English in school, um, in a class. Um, so how old were you when you moved to the United States? I was nine years old. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. we were looking on your Facebook and like, oh, you went to Cleveland Heights High School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what was it like adjusting to school in the U.S.? Because, mm-hmm. I, mean, ju- I mean, I came to America when I was three years old and it was like... Yeah. 
it was like I was here all along. Right, but I mean, right. for somebody who's a little bit older, you're mm-hmm. mostly done with elementary school. What what, what was that like? Yeah. yeah, I think it was easier for me than my sister, who is a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think I was in elementary school. Actually, I was sixth grade. So I, I think I was 10 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning, um, yeah, it, it took some adjustment. I, I think that even though I spoke some English, you know, I had that heavy accent. Everybody would kind of like say, where are you from? Where are you from? Oh. And they didn't understand the India, India, you know, because I had the British accent, which is gone now, as you can tell. Um <laughs> But um, so I think at the beginning it was it took some adjustment, but it was harder for my sister that was a couple of years older than me because she was already in the middle school and it was, I think, harder to adjust for her. Mm-hmm. But my more adjustment came actually uh, when I, I went back to India when I was about 15 years old as a teenager. So I was a little bit older, was able to absorb, you know, the different um, uh, variations in culture and so on. And... Um, I think at that time, as more of a thinking person in, in my teenage years, um, I had a, a, I guess maybe for deeper experience going to India, I stayed there for a few weeks and then coming back. It was more of a readjustment, I think, <laughs> at that time for me to come back and kind of discovering my culture again. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. Are there any holidays that you still celebrate that are, well, I mean, obviously the traditional yeah. American ones, but are there Indian holidays that you celebrate regularly? Well, there's Diwali, you mm-hmm. know, which is the Indian New Year. Um, there's Holi. Um, I'm involved with the um, with some of the Indian community organizations, so um, through them, I'm involved in celebrating a lot of the holidays. <laughs> yeah, and actually, speaking of which, um, FICA, the Federation of Indian Communities Association, mm-hmm. did I get the? Yeah, and you got it all sure. right. Yeah, it was a shot in the dark. <laughs> but yeah, tell us a little bit about with your involvement in FICA. I know that um, usually, I think it's end of January, early February, you have the uh, Independence Day celebration. Yeah, the Republic Day celebration, Republic Day. which is our, our big signature event. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a big party, actually. <laughs> it's, it's our fanciest event. And um, usually we have it at a big hotel, and it's elegant, and um, the preparations have already gotten started. Yes. <laughs> so. Do you know where it's going to be this year? Um, probably we'll be at the Embassy Hotel again okay. um, in Independence. Um, and you'll get the invitation. Yes, I'm sure. yes, I will. <laughs> and Johnny, you'll get it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you'll probably be doing AV there as well, audio well, visual. Well, I didn't do it last year. You didn't so do I it last year? Oh, oh, so I didn't know there. that. Okay. Yeah, but, but Johnny comes and helps out. I've seen him at some of the other FICA events, and I know he helps out with some of the. So um, yeah, every time we're yeah. at the FICA event, and there's a need for something with audio visual, I'm just out there and. To you just happen to be there and you help. Yeah. <laughs> just being nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's part of my OCD. I can see something that's not correctly done. So oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sometimes when you do it for so long, it's like if you notice it, you can't help it. Yeah. yeah. And we appreciate yeah. it. Yes. Thank you. So are you married now? I am married, yes. And you got kids? I have two kids. And tell us about your kids. Okay. The two kids are teenagers. Um, and James, um, James Anand. James Anand is into computers and everything technical. <laughs> um, he has always been that way. And um, they're both into science. And Sarah is um, in high school. Um, she goes to Chardon High. And Sarah Asha is her full name. And she's into science and wants to go into, right now she's thinking about microbiology or psychology. Wow. <laughs> so. It's a good, uh, good career. Not, not that the computer one is not, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Microbiology, but, yeah. I used to work for a microbiology company. They built oh. machines that tested, um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, not going too off 
topic, but like myco and like blood and just like yeah. different things that might oh, wow. be growing. So interesting. I don't know if I can mention exactly what company it is, so we'll just move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Sujata, you married to a um, a non-Indian. Um, a again. white boy, yeah. <laughs> I just say it. Me too. I was going to be politically correct. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm married to an American guy, yes. So how, well, we are Americans, so you, you yeah. should. Uh, Caucasian how, American, not there, there you go. <laughs> so how does it, uh, did, did you have to, how, how did your family take that? Or was there any, you know, you know how the Asian family are, so where you, you're not married to your own yeah. race and such. Sometimes they feel a little bit awkward. Or, I know yeah. Yen doesn't count. You're just... I don't, you're I'm, I'm much young. younger, <laughs> so yeah. my parents yeah. are already broken in by the idea, by the older generations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Sujata is, you know, this is a, my generation, oh. so I was just asking. Yeah, that. I'm a little bit older <laughs> yeah. than Yen. But, um, but um, well, yeah, I, I guess... Um, you know what? I, I think that that like most Asian parents would prefer that their kids, especially their daughters, uh, or probably sons too, you know, marry other Asian um, folks. Um, but I don't know if you've heard the saying that sometimes, like, there's a saying, an, an Indian saying that once, you know, like uh, they use earthenware pots to hold water in. Sometimes they have em- empty earthenware pots to keep um, cool water in, in their in their homes, and they say that. Once that's broken, you realize that the air inside is same as the air outside. Oh. So I think that 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 from maybe like a bad relationship experience before <laughs> my boyfriend who became my hus- current husband, I think that the realization had set in that it's really the person that matters, really mm-hmm. not more than the um, the ethnicity or race, and um, so that helped. Could it you? helps to have a bad relationship. Before. Oh. <laughs> I guess I was just curious if the bad relationship was another Caucasian American. No, or no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was somebody from my own ethnicity. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm married to a Caucasian American, but I've, I've dated both. Like, actually, yeah, no, I never really was too judgmental. It was about the person. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was just curious, more curious about people who grew up differently than I did. Mm-hmm. So, I've always been that extremely out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I want to ask about the Worldwide International Network, and mm-hmm. you recently had an event at the Aerial International Center celebrating global diversity. Right. I was actually really tired, and I didn't want to party anymore. So, But I've seen photos, and they it looked like it was a lot of fun. It was really a nice, it was a wonderful event this year. Um, this year they partnered with Global Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was a bigger event. It was also at the Aerial International Center, and um, I, I think it just gets bigger and more successful every year. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Um, I wasn't involved in organizing it this year. I have been in the past, um, but I've been kind of busy yeah, <laughs> with, with, with the, the clinic, clinic and other, yeah. other items. So, I, yeah, I'm not as involved with it as I used to be. But I, I really enjoyed um, working with Wynn, um, Wynn Neal, because um, I love international groups and people from different cultures and ethnicities. Just so interesting and so much fun. And it's like it's great when you're working on a board with a group that you're not just there because you have to be there because you enjoy the people and they're your friends. So can you give us some of the highlights of the event? Because I, I wasn't there, but I was curious. Yeah, I was tired also. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't say for the whole thing, but they had a bazaar mm-hmm. um, with oh. a lot of vendors. Yeah. It's, nice. it's a very amazing event. And I was 
uh, yeah, maybe I should ask Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blown yeah. away how Johnny many was there. Johnny was there. Really, really great food there. There's mm-hmm. uh, Italian creations. Oh my god! And then there's a Serbian Italian cuisine. creations. Mm-hmm. That's a company name. It's oh, really, really really good. There's uh they have the pasta with uh, cheese, which I usually don't like to eat cheese. Mm-hmm. That thing is so. <laughs> really, what kind of cheese? I, I, I He's no like, idea. I don't know. I don't eat cheese. <laughs> but but I was like, oh my god, this is really really good. <laughs> Um, so there, there, and there was a lot of people. I'm, yeah. Maybe I can, if I can guesstimate, maybe over a couple thousand people. Really? Yeah. In a couple thousand? Yeah. Oh, in and out. Okay. So it's, oh. a, it's, it's crowded. It's <laughs> yeah. a, there was a point where you couldn't even walk because it's so crowded. Yeah. I heard the music was good too, right? Yeah. It good was DJ a, little bit, a little bit too loud. A little bit too loud. <laughs> well, obviously, because you know this is very enclosed place. You know, so you had performers in one section, and then the people want to talk had to shout at each other, and then the entire place got very, very loud. So like a real bazaar, right? Yes. Yeah, it, a yeah. real noisy marketplace. But so. it was well done. Yeah. Um, I, I think they tried to open this third floor for people to go there and sit and relax and nobody know, knew about oh. there was a third floor. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, nobody wanted to go up and down. Oh, was it on the fourth floor? The, the, the event with the view? Floor, okay, yes. yeah, because that's, that's bigger. Yeah, third floor is pretty yeah, cool there. But so. <laughs> Radhika, Radhika said she's uh, already talked to all the different vendors and they're willing to uh, put for 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 money for every day base on third floor so they have a bazaar going on there every every day really all the vendors my majority she them. wants to she wants to no she already... said she already got confirmed and oh. they are going to oh, do it yeah and so for our listeners cool. Erotica is the owner of Aerial International Center where mm-hmm. the event had taken place yes and uh, it's all over there in the north side of East 40th Street and she just bought a big, bigger building in behind her uh, she told me I can come and go in there and shoot some movies once <laughs> uh, she get a key. So I gotta get get all excited about it. So the third floor is gonna be a bazaar every day. Supposedly, okay. at this point, my understanding. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's like a perpetual night market or something. Yeah. Like a perfect, I, I don't know. It's like a yeah. new West Side yeah. market, but with other sure. things. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many great things happening right now here. I mean, mm-hmm. you you got the uh, flea market going on uh, once oh, a month. Really? No, so the last one was a holiday flea market. That we just ended last month. I, I, do, I do not know about this. I that love was, flea markets. That was like, uh, I think it was 5,000 people. 8,000 people were there. Wow. Where? Where is it? It was at the Slovenian um, center. Nice. Okay, so and that's then, right down the road from yeah, uh, it's Asian. right down from here. Yeah. And Asian then um, next year, they're going to be the night markets. Mm-hmm. And Michael Fleming from the Sinclair Superior, Superior Development Corp, he's going to come back here to talk about the night markets and everything it, else. And it's a Taiwanese night market, right? That, or that, or that, that theme is kind, kind of that theme idea. Stuff, right? yeah. They got a huge grant for it. And Excited. They would like to merge with the Cleveland Angel Festival, which is coming up also in May. Mm-hmm. And there's a lots of good things happening around here. So it's it's this neighborhood is going to become by, very vibrant. That's very mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. For, for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, you should Google Taiwanese Night Market. It's it's pretty much like a party every night. <laughs> I've never been to one, but I'm so jealous because a lot of my friends have been, so... No, oh, you, you look like you were going to say something. No, nice. I, I wasn't. I was just nodding. <laughs> so anyway, um, back to Sujata. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, I had a question earlier about FICA. I remember one of the earlier years, um, there was a very interesting uh, program during one of the Republic Day celebrations, and it was a young man, young Indian man, and he was having dreams of all these uh, leaders. There was um, Gandhi was there, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. was there, and they were they were giving little speeches, kind of like giving him advice. 
and I think he was going through some form of dilemma, but when he woke up from the dream, he was at peace, and he knew, yes, I wanted to accomplish my goal. Mm -hmm. I found that very inspirational. Like, who comes up with the ideas for the programs every year? Because they're all they're all very interesting. And yeah. then one year they had Bollywood, which is awesome as well. So Right. I think it's just um, the group sitting together, the organizers, and just somebody take the best idea that somebody has and just... A lot of folks just discussing together and, and coming up with different ideas and picking, you know, what would work the best for that year. Do you have um, any idea what it might be this year? Or is it still no, kind I of? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't. I mean, yeah. No, I wasn't able to make the last meeting. But oh. no, I don't think we, they've really decided on a theme yet. I remember one year when Mona was president, they had mm -hmm. pomegranates. And she had picked the pomegranates for the centerpiece of the table. And... Um, I was hungry because the food was great and I mm -hmm. wanted to save up to eat the food at the event. And mm -hmm. it's always great food from Saffron Patch, of course. But, you know, I was waiting and I actually, my stomach was growling. So I wanted to eat some of the pomegranates. And uh, Johnny, do you remember what happened? <laughs> yes, you started to peel a, <laughs> the, the little thing and uh, it spilled all over the place. <laughs> say it probably squirted juice all over the place and our neighbors at the table next to us were laughing so loud and people were I, turning we, around we were so embarrassed when they put the, the program booklet in front of our face so nobody can see our face and debbie was sitting next to me and she kind of held up a napkin almost like oh no <laughs> but um we but were I, the bad kids yes and then I, I was afraid to look up so i kept looking down but it was it was it was pretty funny because we didn't know who the people on the table next to us were but they were so <laughs> amused by it that everybody was turning around and well i uh, i asked them not to put food as a centerpiece the year after because i wouldn't be able to help myself so <laughs> and i i don't remember but still it was good fun yes yes it was a lot of fun and i'm very much looking forward to it next year oh, good. So. yeah and um you've also been on the uh the health pavilion committee for the cleveland asian festival as well um can you tell us a little bit about the extent that you had to work with the local hospitals just to get them set up yeah so um the, uh, the Health Pavilion is part of the Cleveland Asia Festival that happens in May every year. And we um, collaborate with the area hospitals and clinics to provide screenings to the community for mm -hmm. free. Um, so we get nurses and physicians to give consultations um, uh, from the Cleveland Clinic, St. Winston Charity Hospital, Metro General Hospital, uh, and some of the physicians um, to do, like, consultations. We also have a mammogram van that comes to do free mammograms. We do HIV screenings, glucose screenings, um, mm -hmm. just, uh, and everything's for free. And it's usually pretty busy throughout the entire festival. Yeah, right? yeah, it is. And there are also interpreters available for those of you who know somebody who might not want to go see someone because they feel self-conscious about their English. I know a couple people like that. Um, they're interpreters. I know last year there was there was a shortage of Mandarin interpreters, or was that the yeah. year before? I, I yeah, because so. we, we do get so many people that speak Mandarin or Cantonese, and mm -hmm. we seem to have a shortage of, of... Yeah, so we could use more interpreters that speak Mandarin and Cantonese. Okay. And I also happen to know that you do yoga. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now, is this something you've done as a child, or is it something you kind of picked up with, um, like I did when it became popular? <laughs> well, you know, I, I started that, that year I told you about. I went to India as a teenager, and I came back, and I got interested in yoga. So uh -huh. I, I studied from books oh. um, at home because I didn't have transportation. I couldn't go to classes, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I probably couldn't afford to take classes either. So I just kind of taught myself. Um, at home, and then then I got away from it. I started doing different things, you know, and I, 
but I would take classes on and off. So I think like about three years ago, we had some cutbacks um, with my work um, for about a year or so. Um, so I had like a whole extra day, and I was like, well, what should I do with it? I should have just relaxed, but I decided <laughs> to do a teacher training program nice. with, um, yeah, with yoga. Um, yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, it's not just because you know what they say, and I know you teach dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I know that you know that when you prepare yourself to teach, you learn whatever you're teaching, you learn it better for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's a good inspiration. And you kind of go more in depth with it because you're thinking more about it. So I think it was more to get, like, it's gave me more of an enrichment mm-hmm. in knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. um, for yoga. For me, mostly, I found that I really couldn't slack off. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everybody, there, you know, there's marking for, for dance, there's marking it, just kind of like going through it, knowing the motions. And mm-hmm. then there's like doing it full out where you have to put your entire energy in it. And of course, when you're teaching, if you don't do it full out, your students have no idea what you're trying to teach. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And I imagine yoga, it's like sometimes it's really hard to understand what you're trying to say, like, you know, downward dog is one of the easiest and hardest because, I mean, yeah, you're just kind of, you know, like a tent upside down, but yeah. a lot of people don't know that they're supposed to stretch out their spine but and yeah. they're not supposed to have, you know, you're supposed to have a flat back. So it's yeah. just kind of, if I didn't see other people do it, I would have been like, am I doing this right? <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Now, do you have any other hobbies that you do? Um, gardening. I love to garden. Ooh. Yeah. Do you, do you garden herbs and food? And, I do. Because <laughs> this is going to lead up to another question, but tell okay. me about your garden first. <laughs> yeah, I have a um, potager, with, which is a kitchen garden in the back. Uh, so we moved into this house. I guess it's been about, I don't know, uh, it's been over 10 years that that we've lived there. Um, there used to be an above-ground pool, a circular, like a 12-foot diameter pool, oh. but it was broken. So we took it out, and there was like a circular space there. Huh. So, um, like, over the years, I just kind of, we were thinking of making it into a patio, but instead um, it didn't happen. So then it just made it into a circular garden. And then it's been divided into different sections mm-hmm. um, with pavers, stones in between, and a fountain in the middle. Oh. Just kind of like a work in progress. And I just put everything in there. So we have yeah. flowers and herbs. And then it's already, the bed's already made out. So I go ahead and put my vegetables there, you know, early summer. So everything's there right in the backyard, mm-hmm. right outside the door. It's convenient. That is really nice. What kind of fountain do you have, if you don't mind me asking? What kind of fountain? We uh, want to put a fountain in our oh. backyard. So I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, and it was just something that we found on sale there was a nursery that was going out of business and mm-hmm. so this it's, uh, so they had this thing on sale it's like a beautiful stone fountain um maybe about four feet tall um with a basin underneath it so like the birds come in the back the blue jays and the finches and like all summer long they're drinking water from the top hmm, that's really yeah, nice yeah and i like the sound of the water too so i have a hammock there by the garden so i can look at it and i put an arbor in there last year so i've got two roses growing on it and yeah, it's nice. Sounds like paradise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love my backyard. It's my favorite place in the whole world. And wow. I think that's, I don't know, for some reason, it's even more therapeutic than the yoga or mm-hmm. meditation or anything else for me. I'm not sure why, but I love nature. I like being outdoors. And um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm being productive while I'm gardening. But then yet there's this beauty around you, and it's just completely therapeutic. And relaxing, too. Yeah, and re- yeah, relaxing. I do, yeah. I do enjoy gardening, and for a long time I've lived in an apartment, so I've had a lot of pots. And yeah, yeah, I've been there. And some just <laughs> don't grow in pots, and I yeah. would get so frustrated. So I finally have a yard. <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy. 
and we just moved in, so it wasn't. We moved in over the summer, so yeah. it, we couldn't plant anything. So I'm really looking forward to the next spring. Oh, good! I'll be sharing my divisions next Abs- year with absolutely. you. Absolutely, if you want them. <laughs> I will ask you for advice on Facebook a lot, and we'll okay. share pictures and whatnot. Yeah, awesome. And I'll share them on Asia Town Voice, so people can see the fanaticism of gardening. <laughs> so, and there also, isn't that what Asia Services and Action have been doing too? They're um, helping a lot of the refugee farmers as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, planting produce around here and selling yes. the produce at farmers markets yeah can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that idea or was it just something that just was always there yeah so um there's um yeah there's a refugee um farmer project that Mm -hmm. actually susan wong leads Mm -hmm. and um they have a couple like uh, mini farms located and one's in medina i believe and another I, i don't remember the location the exact location of the other one so they actually work with the refugee farmers. They train them. Um, they get paid for it. They get mm-hmm. paid a stipend for it. And then they sell the produce at the summertime farmer's markets. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And then the, the farmers get the farmers that go there, you know, they get transported in the Asia van. Mm-hmm. We also have many um, community gardens, too. So um, I'm involved with the, with the grant that we have um, through the um, 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 Oh, I went totally black now. It's the OCMH, um, Ohio. Um, I totally blank now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, I guess we could Google the acronym. Yeah, yeah. It's OCMH. OCMH. Yeah. Johnny, can you Google it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. He's got he's got the computer over there. Yeah, so. it's Ohio Community Minority Health something. I'm sorry. Oh. Just yeah. That sounds like it might yeah. be it. So, so our grant. Um, it's titled um, um, Healthy Asia Communities. And so we do nutrition for adults. Uh, We have community garden programs. um, And um, we do um, encourage fitness amongst the communities. Um, So right now uh, we're working with the Chinese seniors in um, Akron. Mm -hmm. And there's also a group with the Bhutanese refugees in Cleveland Heights. And um, we just partnered with the community garden on Noble Road where a lot of the refugees live so they can they're not too far away they don't have to be transported they can just kind of walk to this community garden and garden at the at the raised beds there nice. so and hopefully we can get a couple more started by next spring <laughs> yeah and they really enjoy it um, a lot of the 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 Bhutanese and some of the Burmese and Karen refugees that came here they were originally farmers they're from rural areas back home so um, I think it was difficult for them. You know, you, they got placed in urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of difficult adjustment. So many of them just really enjoy that gardening. They have that, that knack and knowledge of organic gardening. Because um, I think in the beginning, I know that some of the farmers are like, oh, well, we don't know how to use chemicals. And, yeah. um, you know, we're like, no, no, that's good. You know, because they knew all these natural um, ways to grow healthy vegetables. And they, they just know what to do so we're like no keep it that way can i take some <laughs> lessons from them can i stop yeah, by should. yeah 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 I'll definitely like, I'll, I'll offer to drive but i mean it's walking distance so <laughs> yeah Un- unfortunately i couldn't find anything ocmh you couldn't OC- find it there's a lot of ocmh <laughs> so i'm not sure which one is it so something maybe with cleveland minority yeah <laughs> Uh, too much work? No. Too much work. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to take a little break here to listen to some music, and then we'll be back shortly.
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with Asia Town Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio, and we're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. We're volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And uh, Sujata, did you get a clarification? What CM? I'm sorry, OCMH. Yeah, right. OCMH, Ohio Commission of Minority Health. Ooh, so we got it right the first time, right? <laughs> Now, back to what we were talking about with the gardens. Um, the reason I asked about the herbs is we always ask every uh, guest on our show this question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Asian dish? And, favorite... and will you cook for us? <laughs> oh, I love biryani. I'm... So a biryani, which is an Indian fried rice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm vegetarian. So traditionally, I think it was made with lamb, layered with lamb and vegetables, layered with saffron rice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I make it with like potatoes and other vegetables, and we. So it's like you make saffron rice, and then you make um, like um, vegetable dish with the spice mixture added to it, and then you layer it up. And then if you really want to get into it, then you can chop up some mint and cilantro, um, and then if uh, maybe like um, soak up a little bit of milk with saffron and and put some drops of that in between the layers, and it's completely delicious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Now, will you cook for us? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you don't really have party? to. But <laughs> well, I don't know, Johnny. When when is our next party? I, that's a very good question. I yeah. think we need to do a, a cook-off uh, interview session. Radio we should. Talk. We should. We should find a place that has like, mul- multiple stovetops that we can rent and just oh. have like our, our guests come and have a cook-off. So yeah. you, you do have a couple of really um, good competitors because Michael Fleming of uh, St. Clair Superior is a former chef. Mm-hmm. So, but he would make tapas, and that's mm-hmm. it's uh, Hispanic food, right, Johnny? Right. Okay. So it would be a variety of different foods. So I don't know. Maybe we could do categories, and everybody's a winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely should try something like that. Yeah, that actually, fun. Nancy um, Fung, who was um, one of our previous guests uh, from LA, mm-hmm. she actually did cook pho for us. I, that's actually where I was last night. I, I opted for a small gathering instead of a large party at the uh, Win Neo and Global Cleveland event. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. but I mean, other than uh, what we've talked about with the clinic and you know, um, on board with Republic Day mm-hmm. at FICA and the Win Neo event, and do you have any other current projects going on? Like any other uh, community involvement projects that you know would be fun for us to attend or to support? Uh, well, most of my time is taken up with. Um well, especially lately, you know, I've been just so busy with the um, setup of uh, some of the work projects. So between that and the yoga and then my, you know, with um, the family um, mm-hmm. life and the gardening and some of the community community events. So I, I do get um, invited, like, like like you guys are involved with the, the community. Um, there's community events that happen that I, if I can, I'll try to go to them on the weekends also and just kind of stay involved with it. Well, that sounds absolutely amazing. And, Johnny, do you have anything else to add? No, not really. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in this week to Asia Town Voice. And uh, we hope you enjoy our guest today, Sujata Burgess. And we're going to play some more tunes for you, some Asian tunes, until the top of the hour. And we'll catch you next week here at WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. Thank you. 
Dreams.